You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. So today I want to talk about the importance to human beings of position and pecking order. So let me give you an example to kick it off. This is a, an experiment, a study that's been done. This question has been asked of people. And so I'm going to ask it of you to see what comes up for you. I'm going to give you a choice between two different worlds that you can choose to occupy. You can either choose world A or you can choose world B. Now, in these worlds, you're going to have a city, maybe like the one you live in now. And within the city, it's going to be, there's going to be your neighbourhood. Now, in your neighbourhood, you and your immediate neighbours all live in the same size houses as each other. But in terms of the neighbourhoods that surround you, you've got a surrounding neighbourhood as well. So you've got your city, you've got you and your neighbours with the same size houses as each other, and then you've got a surrounding set of neighbourhoods in the city as well. So let me tell you the actual details of these two worlds. Now, in the first world, you get to have an average sized house. And of course, like I just said, your neighbours around you all have the same size house as well. So in your neighbourhood, you've got an average size house and so has everybody else. But in the surrounding areas, everyone's houses are smaller than yours. So your house is average size like your neighbours, but all the other neighbourhoods, they've got a smaller house than you. So that's world one. In world two, well, you've got a much bigger house in world two. And of course, so have your neighbours, because in your neighbourhood, you all have the same size houses. So in world two, compared to world one, you have got a much bigger house. But unlike in the first world, all the surrounding neighbourhoods have got bigger houses than you. So let's go through that again. In the first world, you and your neighbours have got an average size house, but in the rest of the city, the rest of the city have smaller houses than you. In the second world, you and your neighbours have got bigger houses, but the surrounding areas, everyone else in the city, has got an even bigger house than you. So first world, average house size, but your neighbourhood's got the biggest size in the city. Second world, You've got a much bigger house than the first world, but smaller than everybody else in the city outside of your neighbourhood. And the question is, which world would you choose? Would you choose that first world? Or would you choose the second where you do get a bigger house? But you're the smallest size houses in the city. Now, if you answered that you'd take the average size house... In a neighbourhood that has, therefore, the biggest houses in the city, then that's what most people pick. People choose the first world, even though the size of the house that they will be living in is actually smaller, is actually more cramped. And the reason why they do that is they don't want to be living in the neighbourhood with the smallest houses in the city. Thank you very much. Even if that house was in absolute terms bigger than the one they've chosen. 
They'd rather be in a smaller size house, but know that their neighbourhood had the largest houses in the city, that whenever they went to another neighbourhood, they'd realise that everyone else had smaller houses. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because people then are prepared to give away those kind of things that an economist would think is like a big individual benefit and that the rational person would always choose the biggest amount of space to live in. But no, because we are social creatures, we're very, very attuned to our position, to the pecking order. And there's been other studies like this. So if I said you can either earn 30,000 a year and everyone else earns 15, or I'll double your wages to 60, but everyone else earns 100,000. People prefer to be on 30,000 in a world where everyone else is on 15. People will choose position and pecking order, even £30,000 worth. So why is this important to kind of take note of? Well, it's important because it's clear then that our place in the pecking order can make us feel miserable. And there's all sorts of studies to back this up too. But I'm reminded of a story I was told. See, I know somebody who went to Eton, the famous public school, very privileged public school. But I know somebody who went there. And one of the things that they did was that they would list the boys' names of in that year in a ranking on the wall. So you'd be able to go to the wall and you'd see the names of, you know, over 100 boys maybe there. And you'd be able to see your own name on that list in terms of where you were ranked out of all the boys in your year. And he was saying to me, uh, the person I know who went to eat, and he said that somebody who he knows who's now a grown man, he can't even say the name of the school. It's so upsetting. And the upsetting element is because he was one of those boys whose name was always near the bottom of that list. And so there it was on the wall and he'd look as that list was updated and he would always be there near the bottom of the list. And the impact on his self-esteem was so big that it's still traumatic to this day, even to mention the name of the school. Now, my guess is if he'd have been consistently listed at the top, he'd have felt, he'd have felt very positive instead. So the pecking orders seem to be very important then. But the saving grace is that unlike at Eton, there isn't just one list. There are many, many, many pecking orders. And it reminds me of a story that the educationalist Ken Robinson tells of Gillian Lynn. Now, Gillian Lynn was the choreographer of the hit musical Cats. So she was the choreographer of that. But... She actually didn't do very well at school. In that particular pecking order of sit down and listen and regurgitate facts, she was way down. She wasn't doing well at her tests. She couldn't concentrate in class. They even sent her to a psychologist to see what was wrong with her. And the psychologist said, well, there's nothing wrong with her. She's a dancer. Because the psychologist could see how Gillian Lynn was moving and how her body was always alive to movements and music that was going on in the room. And so suddenly she was at dance school and the rest is history. 
And so on this pecking order of sit down and listen and regurgitate facts, she was very low down on that pecking order. But on the dance pecking order, that was a different matter entirely. And so when we feel down on ourselves and our self-esteem is suffering, we can often feel like we're, you know, that's often motivated by feeling as if we're low down on pecking orders that have been chosen by other people for us. So imagine if, like Gillian Lynn, we were able to choose the pecking order that we get to focus on. So think of all the things, for instance, that you can actually do. Think of all the things that you enjoy. Think of all the personal qualities and characteristics. Think of the things that come easy to you. You know, and ask yourself, what is it? What are those areas where you're you're probably better than most? You know, there's things you like about yourself that you think, well, I probably have that characteristic more than most. And so to give you some examples, you know, maybe you know more than most about football. Maybe you're really interested in stamps. Maybe you notice that you're probably more determined than most people are. Whatever it happens to be, you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be a world beater. You just need to be in that top half. Because once you notice the pecking orders that you're in the top half of, then just like Gillian Lynn, you can focus on those just like she did. So to recap then, the first thing that we saw is that we're social creatures and because we're social creatures, we'll choose a pecking order and a, and a higher place in the pecking order, even over things like a, a bigger sized house to live in or £30,000 a year more to spend. And we saw as well how being low in the pecking order feels miserable and damaging to our self-esteem, like those awful lists at the School of Eton. But on the plus side, we also realise that there's an infinite number of these pecking orders. There's an infinite number of these lists. So we can choose the ones to ignore and which ones to focus on. And we saw a great example of that, didn't we, in terms of Gillian Lynn, the choreographer of the musical Cats, who was low on one pecking order, that if she had allowed others to choose for her and focus on, might have felt very miserable about, but was actually high on the, on the other pecking order of dance. And so what happened then is once she noticed which pecking order she was in the top half of, the other ones actually became irrelevant. So we looked at a quick way in which we can kind of check in on those for ourselves. Like how can we do that for ourselves? And we saw that by just noticing and focusing on where we're simply better than most, not well beaters, doesn't have to be that, but simply better than most, allows us to connect with pecking orders where we're in the top half of. And then we can focus on those because what that allows us to do then is ensure that we don't judge ourselves based on pecking orders that others choose for us. You see, those pecking orders where we're not in the top half. For someone like Gillian Lynn, they just became irrelevant. And there are so many pecking orders available. 
but we can choose to make many of those irrelevant for us too. And focus instead on the ones we're at the top of. Because when we're really connected to the best of ourselves, when we allow ourselves to choose the pecking orders, then that's going to have an impact on our sense of ourselves and our self-esteem as well. So if you like this idea or you're interested or it's brought anything up, then let me know what it brought up. You can write to me at info at alanparry.com. It's A-L-U-N, spelt the Welsh way. So that's info at alanparry.com. Let me know what comes up for you or what you'd like me to talk about in future even. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast completely free. That means you'll never miss an episode again. And you can even work with me directly one-to-one. I'm Alan, and you can find out more at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. So thanks for listening. I'll be back again tomorrow with another one.